Hello and welcome to the New Franklin Assembly podcast. We're so glad that you chose to join us today. Our church is located at 2355 in New Franklin Road, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, 17202. Today, Pastor James and the Vision Team will be presenting the new vision for New Franklin Assembly. So while you've heard me talk about March 6th for now the past month and a half, (laughs) just about five, six weeks, uh, and it is here, it has arrived, and as you can tell, there's things that look a little different. Uh, How many had a chance to look over the, the photos on the wall? Did you enjoy that? I hope you enjoyed that. It's the new sign down by the accent wall. Uh, and so a lot of good things happening. Uh, uh, those pictures were carefully selected, by the way. They, they give, uh, we, we, we tried to capture people doing the five essential functions of the church, you know, uh, evangelism and, and, and discipleship and, and uh, fellowship and worship and, so, and service and ministry. So uh, those were carefully selected. The banners on the wall uh, give us, uh, basically uh, let us know about our core values, basically who we are as a church. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. And obviously today up on the platform here on the, on the floor, it looks a little different. This, uh, and it's just not me behind the, the pulpit. I got to say, I feel a little uncomfortable without, without, you know, with a t-shirt on in church and my Nike shoes on. Uh, but it's okay every once in a while. It's okay. <laughs> and so... But anyway, we're having a lot of fun here today, but yet we're, we're excited about what, God has, uh, what we feel God has spoken to our, to our team here and, and what we feel God is leading us to. The reason for all of this uh, is that for the past year, your vision team, those, standing, uh, those sitting up here today, uh, have, have gone through a year-long training. It's a year, let me, let me emphasize, it's a year-long training. We've been doing this for a year now. Uh, a training that the, our Pendel District, the Assemblies of God here in Pennsylvania, Delaware District, uh, provides for the churches. The training is called the Acts 2 Journey. The Acts 2 Journey obviously ref- references Acts chapter 2 in the scriptures because Acts chapter 2 describes the actions and the spiritual culture of the first century church, the, 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 the first church after Christ ascended into heaven and after the the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 in the upper room that day. And so the training that their district, the training that we've all gone through is designed to help churches reach their full potential as a church. The training is designed to help churches discover and develop and reach the vision that God has given to us as an individual church within our community. And so these men and women that are up here today, they have taken this training very, very seriously. They have invested a lot of time, uh, a lot of energy, and a lot of resources into this because they have a desire. I would say it's more than a desire. It's a passion, and it's a hunger to see God move mightily in our midst. How many join them in that kind of a hunger and that passion? We want to see God move mightily in our midst. We want to see God impact our community. Uh, and as a church, we are called to do that. Uh, and so let me say this also about each and every one of them, uh, each, each member of our team here. Uh, I am so very proud of each, each one of them. Uh, I am impressed by what they have to offer. Uh, I'm excited to see what God will do through their efforts. And so 
Well, again, as you walked in today, uh, you noticed some changes, uh, and you should have received one of these booklets. Hold that up, Nathan. Uh, a strategic ministry plan booklet. Now, if you did not receive one of these, or if you would like one, would you raise your hands? We have a couple extras. We're about to. We can give it to you. Yeah, Julie in the back. Mike, would you give Julie and anyone else? All right. Awesome. On the first page of that booklet, if you open it up to this page here, you will see our mission, our vision, and our core values spelled out. The vision team has worked very hard at developing this and prayed long and fasted about what this should be and what God would have it to be. About, uh, what's the difference to start off? Let me, what's the difference between mission and vision? Let me explain before we actually go through it. The mission of any church is based on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The commission is when Jesus calls the, uh, the church to go, and go into all the world and preach the gospel uh, and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and so that's the great commission. The great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the great commission, the great commandment that he gives every single uh, follower of Christ, that he gives every single church. And so the mission of every church is based on the great commandment and the great commission. Uh, mission is our core biblical philosophy, and it captures the heart of everything we do here as a church. The vision, however... The vision of any church is the preferred future that we believe God has in store for us. Let me say that again. It is the preferred future that we feel God has in store for us. It is what makes us unique as a church. Uh, it is, in a sense, our fingerprint. It's what makes us unique. It distinguishes us from every other church that desires to, fill, that desires to fulfill the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And so our mission, if you look at your booklet, is spelled out as, the, as follows. It's leading people on their journey with Christ. As a church, this is our mission, to lead people on their journey with Christ. Uh, our vision, our preferred future we feel God is leading us to, is to be a church building faith, encouraging people, and serving community. And that's the vision we feel God has given to us. And then you will see our core values spelled out. Our vision is the, is, is the picture of the future church, the picture of who God is calling us to be. But our core values is who we are. And we, they're, they're written out and spelled out so that we do not compromise our core values in our efforts to reach that vision. And so our core values, if you look in your booklet or are they're displayed on the banners today, uh, they are biblically based, or we are biblically based. We allow God's word to shape, mold, and transform our lives. We are a church that is spirit-led. We are sensitive to the Holy Spirit as we seek his presence. We are family-focused. How many know that this is a family-focused church? Yeah, it's one of our strengths for sure. We strengthen families, heal individuals, and create a sense of belonging. We are mission-minded. Uh, we are outward-focused at church, in our community, and around the world. We, 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 
we, we, let me say this, we worked hard at each and every word that is written out. We looked at it over and over and over. We prayed about every end, if and but, <laughs> you know, and we, we really uh, asked the Lord to help us with this. And so um, I believe it is exactly who we are in Christ. We are pursuing purpose. We honor our heritage while carrying out God's plan. And we are seeking excellence. We are, we do, and we give our best for God's glory. How many can read those core values and say, yeah, that's us as a church. That's exactly who we are. Well, you can relate. Hey, yeah, that's who we are. Amen. And so that's our core values, our core values. And for, so for the past few weeks, I have shared with you messages on our vision, the five essential functions of the church. And I've used a passage in Habakkuk uh, as the basis of why we want to spell out our vision. Uh, the way we are here today. So Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3 says this, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation. Or that word revelation can also be used, uh, you can use it as, uh, you can substitute the word vision there. It's the same word. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation or the vision and make it plain on tablets. Uh, by the way, I have a tablet here. It's, it's a different kind of tablet, but it's a tablet. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, so that a herald may run with it. And so this is what we have done this past year. We've written it down, and now we want to, as a church, run with it and make it happen. Uh, and so having a vision statement, however, having a, a mission statement, having core values written out plainly so everyone can see, that's still not quite enough to help us reach our full potential. Now we must have a plan of action to accomplish that vision. And so we came up with what we call a strategic plan, a plan of action to help us accomplish this. Now, why a strategic plan, you may ask? And I've been kind of letting you, kind of explaining that to you over the past few weeks, even in our annual business meeting, I shared a little bit about that. But let me share that with you before we get to the plan. Uh, why a strategic plan? God ordained strategic plans are listed and given to us throughout the scriptures and so it's not anything new it's not this new kind of administrative idea that someone came up with that churches are now implementing no strategic plans are listed for us and given to us throughout the scriptures if you look at genesis chapter 3 god gives us a strategic plan for redemption when adam and eve sinned god began to implement a strategic plan uh, in uh, Genesis 41, God reveals a strategic plan to save Jacob and his children from the seven-year famine through, Pharaoh, through Pharaoh's dream interpreted by Joseph. Remember the story of uh, Joseph and, 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 and Egypt. As a matter of fact, let me read that to you. Uh, the, the strategic plan, it says in Genesis 41, verse 34, it says, Let Pharaoh, this is Joseph speaking to Pharaoh, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. That's a plan. They should collect all the food and, uh, of these good years that are coming and store up grain under uh, the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food and let them distribute it during the years of famine, it goes on to say. That is a strategic plan that God revealed to Joseph for the hour. Uh, in Exodus chapter 18... God reveals a strategic plan of leadership 
from Moses through his father-in-law Joseph, uh, through his father-in-law Jethro. Moses was getting burnt out. He couldn't, he was trying to solve every problem that every one of the Israelites had, and they, they were in the millions of people. And so what does Jethro say? He says this, he says but in Exodus 18, verse 21, but select, a, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That's an administrative strategic plan that worked well for Moses. It was inspired by God and given to Jethro. After the New Testament was born, uh, and, and the, the first church was growing at such a fast pace uh, that the widows were being overlooked. Uh, and the, so the, the, the apostles came up with a strategic plan. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit, a strategic plan to solve that problem. Acts chapter 6, verses 2, two through 4 says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. And so this is a strategic plan. Throughout the New Testament, the, the Apostle Paul gives us many strategic plans. The first, in 1 Corinthians, the whole book of 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul lays out a strategic plan for dealing with divisions within the church. That's why he wrote 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, Paul lays out a strategic plan for operating in the gifts of the Spirit. That was the reason he wrote the book of 2 Corinthians. 1 Timothy, Paul lays out God's strategic plan for church leadership and administration, the appointment of elders and deacons and things like that. That's a strategic plan. And so early in ministry, I used to think that, you know, uh, all we needed was revival. How many know we need revival, right? We need revival. I, I, am, I will be the first to, to say we need revival. But early in my ministry, I used to think, well, all we need is revival. I mean, all this is fine and dandy, but we just need the Holy Spirit to fall. We need, and that will see souls saved and lives changed and the sick healed. And, and that's true. That is true. But I was missing. I, I wasn't seeing the whole picture. I've learned that uh, if you look in the scriptures, after the day of Pentecost came, in other words, after the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 people that were in the upper room that day, after it came upon the, uh, the, uh, the 11 apostles at the time, and then they appointed a 12th one, uh, after the, the Holy Spirit came, this strategic plan in Acts chapter 2 came to being. Uh, the in other words, it was after a great revival came, or after the very first great awakening that came upon the disciples, uh, that the strategic plan was put into place. And so in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, uh, it gives us the foundation of the strategic plan that the first century church uh, put into place. And it is the foundation to the strategic plan that we will introduce to you today, what we feel God is asking us to do. And so as each one reads a different uh, a plan, uh, coinciding with the different function of the church, they will read a scripture from Acts 2.42. And so here to start us off, describing the strategic plan for the first essential function of the church is Steve Fraser. He's up first. Come on, Steve. Oh boy. <laughs> Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? 
How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Huh? Huh? We're going to get pumped up. This is exciting. We was at a camp this weekend that was, uh, it was all about a big weekend. They even had a guy named Mr. Big. All right. And it said we have a big God. Amen. Yes, we do. And I believe uh, our big God is going to do some big things amen. in the lives of our children. Yeah, amen. So, Thank you, Jesus. My part is on page two in your booklet, uh, A Place to Connect. Uh, our dream statement for fellowship is, we dream of a church where fellowship is personal, inclusive, and inviting. Let me say it again. We dream of a church where fellowship is personal, inclusive, and inviting. My uh, verse for that was Acts 2, 46 through 47. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I have some statistics. Statistics. I can't say it quite as good as Pastor James, but statistics. Uh, for Connect, we've had 114 guests since uh, July 2019. 21 of the 114 guests still attend our services regularly. Of those 21, eight are connected and attend other events. So that being said, 18% of our guests in the past three years have connected and still are attending things at church. Now, we are told at the Acts 2 journey that this is a good percentage, but we're striving to get to a 25% retention rate. So, as you can see in the booklet, under our three-year strategic plan, there are things that we already have in place and would like to make better, and there's some new things we would like to implement. Uh, we would like to establish or to, to develop a touch ministry, and what a touch ministry is, is when a guest walks in our door, they would connect with a greeter. That would be the first touch. They, the greeters would then connect our guests with an usher. That would be another touch. The ushers, the ushers would strategically mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, put, our, put our guests in, in a seat beside someone that is maybe in their age group or maybe if they have kids, they would put them beside some kids and just connect there. That's another touch. And so on and so on. So with that, now we'd like to have a desk, a connection desk with uh, a hospitality team that the guests would fill out a connection card and receive a gift. Uh, the first time guest would receive a gift. Hmm. Now, bear with me. I lost my spot. Hmm. After, after that, uh, after the, the connection card was filled out, and that later that week, Pastor James would uh, connect with the guests, which would be another touch, and maybe invite them to a party with a pastor or an event with a pastor to try to get us to connect better with our guests, to make them feel more involved in, in stuff with our church. How many want to party with the pastor? I don't know. Maybe you run from the pastor. Pizza with the pastor, yeah. Pizza with the pastor. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, 
A lot of our uh, parents are dropping off our kids on Wednesdays to Rangers and to missions uh, or to, to girls' ministries, uh, but they don't stay and connect with a Bible study. So we'd like to have something to offer for the moms and dads to stick around with their kids. Over the years, how many boys have came through the Ranger program and haven't stayed here at the church? How many girls have come to our missionettes and youth group, but we don't have, they don't come to church anymore? We, we would like to develop a special days and events to get the moms and dads uh, of the Ranger kids and, and the mission kids to uh, really connect and get involved with the church. We'd like to develop and train different teams once they have some new and regular attendees. We would love to offer them change maker opportunities uh, just to continue to connect them while helping new guests connect them and feel welcome at our church. We would love to train and equip, equip them to become greeters, ushers, and, hospi and other hospitality team members which would bring them full circle together with us. Now, it's all kind of like a, a, a chain. Every link is kind of tied together. So that being said, the next person's up. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Good job, Steve. Yeah, come on, give him some. Yeah, he did a good job. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed what he said was, when a guest comes to our church, the first person they, they meet would be a greeter, an usher, a hospitality team member. And then when they connect and they begin to serve, Terry will get into more of that, um, they are now maybe serving as a greeter or an usher or a, a, a hospitality member. So it's a full circle. It's a chain link. Uh, and so uh, it's, it was strategically planned that way. Uh, to, to, to get people to connect and then to help them to connect other people. And so, good job, Steve. And so, go ahead. We want people that connect to have a place to grow. Our scripture for this is Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. Our dream statement for this is, I dream of a church where discipleship is foundational. 30% of our regular attendees attend a discipleship class now. That's Sunday school, in Sunday mornings, Wednesday night Bible studies, or one of the Wednesday night programs. That sounds like it's a lot of people, but we see the same people over and over again all the time doing the same activities. The rooms are full, but they're the same people and over and over again. We want to increase that in the next... Uh, I'm stumbling here. Three years in the next three years to 50%. It sounds like a big goal, it's really not. All we have to do is have a couple families come in and we're at that 50% because we have about 75 people right now in regular attendance on Sunday mornings. So let's say we have three families of four, how many more people is that? 12. <laughs> I wanted to make sure my math is right. But I mean, it, it doesn't take much. Um, when I was five years old, I got saved in a little church basement in Waynesboro, in a Sunday school classroom, sitting around the table. There was about four of us. And my Sunday school teacher just asked us all if we wanted to accept Jesus in that heart that day. And um, 
Everybody had to close your eyes, and you know, most people were looking around like this with one eye open, see what was going on. But it was a little Sunday school class like that that I gave my heart to Jesus, and I've been trying to serve him to the best of my abilities ever since. These classes are very important. These programs are very important because if it wasn't for those teachers that day, I might not be sitting here talking to you right now. And um, we have to really... The programs are very important. And that's one of the reasons Joanna and I even came to church here, because this church is different than any of the other churches in our district. We have more programs here than any of the other churches. And that was one of the reasons why we decided to come here and raise our family here. Our goal is to increase attendance of all these programs from 30 to 50 percent in the next three years, hopefully sooner than that. We as a team have come up with a three-year strategic plan to accomplish these goals. First off, we have a lot of wonderful programs here at New Franklin, like we just said. We're already doing a lot of them. Sunday school classes for all ages, we're doing that. Encouraging and promoting the boys, girls, men, and women's ministry. We have these programs. We want to just uplift them and try to pour into them and build them to be better. <clears throat> we want to promote the youth group, the Brandon and Renee. They just rebooted. We want to promote them. We want to encourage them and support them. Matt and Kara with the influencers, we want to support them and strengthen their ministry. There's a few things we would like to add and develop here at the church. One of them is a young adults ministry. We want to make sure that when our kids grow up, they have a place to go. Steve was touching on this a little bit. We want to make sure that somebody else doesn't get them because we want them to stay here at home. Wednesday nights, Steve was talking about this too. We want to have a place for the parents that are dropping their kids off. We want them to have a place to go too. So we're talking about starting a parenting ministry here. We want to invite them in and minister to them as well. And we have to have a place for them to go to do this. Second, we want to create a spiritual growth track Things we are already doing is we have weekly topical classes. That's Matt and Kara's class over in the FAC on Sunday mornings. We have Bible study classes, Old Testament, New Testament style classes. Those are Janet's classes in the fellowship hall right now. Um, we have an annual Holy Spirit emphasis. We have this already, but we want to make it stronger. That's what makes us unique as Pentecostals. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the operation. We have more to offer some of the, than other local churches because we believe in the gifts of the Spirit are for today. And we just want to touch on it and just do more with an annual Holy Spirit emphasis. Things we would like to accomplish in the first year, we'd like to promote foundations classes slash discipleship classes. We want to promote annual membership classes for the new families that we hope attend. As a church growth, we want to equip new members to be successful with their walk with the Lord, and we believe that this would aid in this. We also would like to encourage the use and utilization of Right Now Media in the classrooms. Has anybody looked at Right Now Media online? Pastors using it right now on Wednesday night Bible studies to supplement the preaching, not to replace, but to supplement. It adds to the message. Our second and third year goals is we want to start a one-on-one -on -one personal coaching slash mentoring ministries. 
we have a lot of mature men and women here of God, and we want them to help the next generation grow in their faith. Disciples create disciples, and that's what that program would entail. Since we are encouraging the use of Right Now Media, we want to incorporate technology into all of our classrooms. How many people have been in the FAC? Our classroom over here. It's got this beautiful big flat screen TV in there. We're hoping to put some kind of television in every one of our classrooms so we can use Right Now Media to help the teachers teach. Not to replace the teaching, but to help them and aid in their teaching styles. We want to have team leadership training and we want to make sure that we provide ongoing training for all of our team members and our staff here so we can be as effective and as efficient as they can be in what they do. Amen. So that's our discipleship, a place to grow. We want people to come here, not just to come, but to grow in the Lord. And, and that's the, the place to grow, function of the church. And so next up is the place to serve. Place to, a place to serve uh, the ministry. Our verse for that is Acts 2. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone as they had need. Our statement along with that is, we dream of a church that is willing to discover, develop, execute our gifts, talents, and abilities. Our uh, changemaker participants in that will help 32% of the attendees serve in ministries. That's what we currently have doing. So we could really add to that, even though that's not a, a bad number. Yeah. We're always striving, striving to do better. Yeah. So yeah, and then over the next three years, we would attempt to up that also to 50%. We're thinking that people in need tend to be needed or want to be needed. Okay, so I have the three-year strategic plan. So what we want to do is right now when we need help with something, we just put kind of put a volunteer sheet out and we just sign up for it. Um, it, it works for us, but as we grow, will that work? as we start seeing more and more people come in. So what we would like to do is to make ministry teams. We'd like to have um, groups for each section, and that team is responsible for going out and finding volunteers for something rather than just having a sign-up sheet. So um, we, what we're going to do is in year one, we're planning on recruiting year one. First, we're going to evaluate our ministry needs, what we need. We've been doing that already. We've been looking at, um, as a church, um, what we need to do. Um, then after that, we're going to provide gift assessments. So when we went up to the Acts 2 journey, we did um, a gift assessment test, um, not like a test in school. It's just kind of what they do is just ask you questions. Do you like this? What do you think about this? And you just honestly, it's just between you and the test. You don't, nobody else sees it. It's just for you to find out what your spiritual gifts are and where you fit best in your church community. So 
um, I found out things about myself that I had no idea. So some of them are what I'm doing now, but some of them are like, mm, yeah, like pastor. They had me down as a pastor. Ooh, that's not scares me to death. Thankfully, we have one. <laughs> so, but anyway, so we're we're gonna utilize some of that. We're gonna let, have everybody. Um, take a test and see where you best fit, where you're best comfortable, okay? And then uh, we're going to place everybody in ministry. So each change maker, which is what we're going to call ourselves, because we're not just um, churchgoers. We want to be change makers. Yeah. We want to see people come to God. We want to see people uh, engaged in our church, not just come in um, on Sunday morning. We want to see them Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, coming to our chicken barbecue, uh, helping out with our um, Easter egg candy making. We, we're, this is such a great church, and we're such a family. And why keep that to ourselves, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's spread that love to our community. Let's bring people in. Let's get as many people in here on a Monday night making candy and fellowshipping. Let's get as many people come to our pie auction and enjoying our fellowship and making people um, see how great our God is, okay? So each change maker will be placed in a ministry team that best suits them from their tests. We wouldn't want somebody maybe working in the children's ministry that can't stand children. So, you know, kind of that kind of thing, you know. Um, so that's, that's what that is. We're not just placing you there just because that's where we want you. We're going to put you where you want to be and where you belong. We're not yeah. just placing you in a random place, okay. So then after that, how do we equip you? So we're going to have training opportunities uh, just like we went and were trained over the last year. Uh, we went with a group of, I think, five or six other churches were with us, and we learned so much. Each church gave a different perspective, and not only did we learn from the teachers, we learned from each different church, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so what we want to do is be able to go and do some trainings at different places. Pendel gives us a lot of opportunities, but we also have a lot of people that know stuff right in our district that will come right here and teach us things that we need to know, um, lift us up, uh, give us the support we need so that we don't have to feel uncomfortable about being in the position that we've been placed. So that's what we're going to do also. So um, like Mike said, um, people need to be needed. So what we want to do is get those people that are visiting. We want to get them in as quickly as possible, and we'd like to get them ministering as quickly as possible. So even though you may come as a visitor, you may not even be saved yet, but that doesn't mean you can't be a greeter at the front door and shake somebody's hand and welcome them to church. People need to be needed. And so if we're all, all of us regulars are doing the same work, can new people fit in? We want to make room for new people to fit in and join us because I'm telling you what, some of us are kind of tired. <laughs> and, and we've been doing a lot of stuff for a lot of years, and boy, we'd love to have some help and some new faces. And if those new faces are welcome to come and help, that's what we want, okay? So here's, we'd like to establish some new things as well. We want to establish uh, the young adult ministry, like Nathan said, uh, college age, 18 to 25. I've been a missionette, girls ministry leader for a lot of years. And there's a lot of, a lot of kids that I had as rainbows that aren't serving the Lord. 
And I see them on Facebook, and I say hi, and they, you know, they're not in church today. They're our children and our grandchildren. So we need a, a place from that youth group age to that young family age to keep them here so that the world doesn't get them because, gosh, the world wants them. Right. But we want them too, right? Sure. Sorry. <laughs> so... We also want to establish a senior saint ministry because we have some wonderful seniors in our church and we want to, we have such a rich heritage and we don't want to forget that heritage. So we want to develop a ministry for our senior saints that they can have for themselves. Um, I'm getting real close to that myself. So yeah, we're able to sign up for AARP. So <laughs> I guess I'm counted in that, but we just don't want to let anybody fall through the cracks. Everybody in this church is important. That's right. So after we talk about our church ministry, we also want to talk about serving our community. Um, this year we had the opportunity uh, last minute to do a trunk or treat with the New Franklin Elementary School. And it was a very quick thing, turn around, a few of us just were free to do it. We got some candy and we went over there and we talked to people. And out of that last minute opportunity, we got a whole new family, the Smith family. Yeah. If we just said, we don't have time for that, that's, you know, we're getting ready for light the night or we're doing this or that, we might not have that family today. So we want to take opportunity we have anytime we have it. If, you're, if you have an idea, come to one of us. We want to reach out to our community. There's a whole big area around us, not only New Franklin, but Chambersburg, Waynesboro, Greencastle. Um, people are hurting. People need to be needed. People need to be needed. Okay, so we're going to evaluate what we're already doing. So we're already doing that great power pack ministry where we serve the kids that... Um, that need food on the weekends. We do that already, okay? So we also have the Helping Hands Ministry. We are doing the food giveaway that we've done in the past over while we with COVID was going on, the mean stinky COVID. Um, we also have pregnancy ministries that we help with, our local pregnancy ministry. We fill our bassinet about three times a year and we take it into the local pregnancy ministry. Um, but we wanna um, discover and develop some other community opportunities uh, we have great firemen, we have great policemen, we have nurses, we have teachers, we have firemen. We want to be able to reach out to them and uh, just support them, lift them up, because they've been coming under attack lately. Um, also, if you have an idea, we're open. Any ideas that, that we can reach out, please just come up to us. We're going to have that meal afterward. We, we want everybody to come by. And if you have any ideas or you know an area in the community that needs uplifted, let us know because we can add it to our, to our list. Um, so I think that's it. We're just going to try to serve the Lord the best we can, and we're going to be inclusive with everybody we can and teach them about God and love them because people just need love. Okay. And that's Amen. Can you tell that we put a lot of work into this? You can tell that there's a passion and a hunger in each and every one of us. Uh, and I know that's shared with, with you guys. And so, uh, thank you, Terry. And so, next up is Matt and Kara Stiley with the evangelism leg. It's a place to, a place that goes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, 
Like Pastor said, Matt and I are going to talk about being the place that goes, the evangelism part of our strategic plan. We are a church that urgently and passionately pursues the lost. Um, our verse is Acts 2.41. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So since 2010, the population in Chambersburg has increased nearly 7%. It's projected to go another 1.3% in the next three years. Here at New Franklin Assembly, we're not quite on that path, not yet. We have a goal of seeing a minimum of three, I'm sorry, <laughs> 10 decisions for Christ per year. Imagine 10 decisions for Christ, 10 souls saved. That's pretty amazing. Who's going to pray that we reach that goal? To see 10 souls saved, at least 10 souls saved every year at this altar. Yes. That's a lofty goal, and I believe we can reach it before three years are up. Let's keep that in prayer. I'm sorry, go ahead. So, part of our plan here, we have a few things that the evangelism part includes. Um, first is going to be the invitational evangelism. It's the developing and promoting well weekends. These are some of our bigger, more eventful weekends, um, like Mother's Day, Father's Day. They're they're big weekends. Um, we just need to work on promoting those and inviting people to those. Um, just need to be need to be more out there so people are aware that we do these things. Yeah. Um, and then we have event evangelism. It's pretty similar to the invitational evangelism. It, we're doing most of these already, but we want to, along with promoting them, we want to schedule some comeback events. Um, we need something to bring them back on Sunday after we have something big to get them here. And then pulpit evangelism. It's a plan. We're planning on having several church campaigns throughout the year that will coincide with an attractional sermon series, especially during Easter and Christmas times. Uh, next on the list is the prayer evangelism. Uh, we want to continue to encourage our weekly intercessor prayer with Tanya on Tuesday afternoons and continue having our annual prayer and fasting efforts uh, at the beginning of the year that we do, that we just did in January. Uh, we want to encourage more people to come out on Sunday evenings for our prayer and praise service because we know that none of this plan is possible without prayer and guidance from the Holy Spirit. So, um, we also want to start having community prayer walks and establishing community prayer stations. Uh, these stations be set up through the community at fairs or in front of stores or really anywhere we can interact with the community and you know pray for them and show them that we care about them. Um, this really is the go part of our plan. Uh, it's bringing the church to the community. It's getting out in the community uh, with the people. And uh, next on the list is the missional evangelism. Um, this is something you've already seen this morning with promoting the BGMC. And this, uh, if you were here for the business meeting last week or you looked over the business report that was put out last week, you know, and had the missions report for last year, it's something we do very, very well here at this church. Um, but we just want to continue to encourage it and continue to see it grow. Um, we also want to bring more awareness to our local missions. 
there are a lot of good organizations out there reaching the lost locally that we want to support as much as we possibly can. Uh, but most of the things on this plan are things that we're already doing. We just need to promote them better and get better at inviting people out to these things. Um, as Steve said earlier, you know, our visitor retention rate is at 18%, which um, during the Acts 2 journey they said that was pretty well. So we're able to keep a fair number of people here that come here. Um, we just need to, we just need people to know that we're here. You know, and, and if, you know, we have something special at this church that I think a lot of people are missing and needing in their life, and they, they need to know we're here so that they can come and experience that too. You know, and, um, you know, it's not like we can move the church to a busier street or out along the highway somewhere. So, you know, it's, it's up to us to, to promote it and uh, to invite people and to get people out here. And I think this, this plan is a very good way of doing that. But I think also the, the go part of our plan, it scares some of us because, you know, what we have here, I think we, everybody enjoys the closeness, the intimacy here and, the, you know, the love for one another that we share here and stuff. I think some of us are afraid that if, if we grow too big that that'll be lost. But um, in Acts, you know, you can read... Uh, where the disciples, you know, the 3,000 were added in one day, you know, and if you continue to read Acts, you know, they were able to keep that intimacy, that closeness, and those things, and the love for one another and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's very possible, you know, to do that. And, and furthermore, I believe that that closeness and intimacy and the love for one another and the, the love for God we have here is exactly what people are looking for and they want to be a part of. And I, I think it's something that people don't even know they're missing in their life. And, and when they come here and experience, it's, it's, gonna, it's what's going to keep them here and it's what's going to fill our sanctuary. So. Amen. Well, it's my job to introduce the fifth function, essential function of the church, which is a place to worship. Uh, Acts 2.47 shows us that as a church, we are to be a place to worship. Um, it says, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The worship experience at a church includes so much more than just the music aspect. We need to, to keep that in mind. When we use the word worship, uh, uh, essential function of, of worship. It's so much more than the music part or the, the worship or the praise part. Um, the worship experience is the experience that people have from start to finish uh, when, they come to the, when they come to church here at, at the New Franklin Assembly. As you can see, our average attendance on that booklet uh, is on a downward trajectory. Uh, they, we had averaged 75 people for the past 10 years. But over the past three years, we've averaged 70. And so it's been on a little bit of a downward trajectory. Our three-year goal is to change that uh, and, and to change and break the 100 barrier, uh, which means we would be averaging over 100 people every Sunday morning in our church. How many believe we can reach that goal? I do. Uh, and so we have broken down this part of the strategic plan into three categories the pre-Sunday morning experience, the Sunday morning experience, and the prayer experience. And so the pre-Sunday morning experience, how many know that 
before someone ever visits physically our church, they will visit virtually. They'll go to our website. They'll go to our, our, our Facebook page. And so that's why we need to do three things. We need to maintain an updated website. I think uh, we've done a pretty good job. The, the people involved in doing that have done a, a pretty good job of that. Uh, we continue to provide a quality live stream services so people who are home can watch us live or they can go back and watch a service or, uh, that they have perhaps missed. Uh, and then finally, they uh, uh, need to implement weekly and social media communications. Uh, basically, that is video announcements on Facebook or text messages, group text messages um, through our website. Uh, some of our leaders do that already. Uh, on my part, it would mean you know, maybe encouraging people on Saturday night, giving them a glimpse of what's going on on Sunday or a little devotion throughout the week or something to encourage them. Social media is a powerful uh, source. It's a resource that we can uh, truly encourage people during the middle of the week, and so we want to utilize that. That's the pre-Sunday morning experience. <clears throat> Uh, Sunday morning experience. Our Sunday morning experience starts when people first drive onto our property. As soon as they come onto our parking lot, their worship experience begins. And so let me premise all this, by the way, by saying this. If our physical first impression does not match up with our virtual first impression, that's a bad impression, right? We can have a great website and a great virtual experience, but then when they come to visit, if their physical impression doesn't match their, what, what we put out there online, it's going to leave, uh, it wasn't what I expected. And so we don't want that to be the case. And so we have an awesome website, but then our physical appearance must match up with, with what we're putting out there virtually. So our Sunday morning worship experience will begin with maintaining and upgrading uh, our facilities. We've been doing that slowly as the Lord enables, as the finances provide uh, and so from completing phase two of the main entrance, the tower entrance, uh, and the parking lot upgrade uh, to upgrading our sanctuary. Uh, we've done a lot on our hallways, the common areas. We want to move backwards to the Fellowship Hall and now into the sanctuary as well. Uh, you will see other things like directional signs and guest parking spots uh, in your book, uh, booklet. And so we have two parking lots here at church, the lower parking lot and the upper parking lot. When a visitor comes, they don't know about the upper parking lot. And so their experience is going to be that lower parking lot. So if they come, uh, they don't know about this one, and this lot is, is filled. Well, first it gives two, first, two impressions. First, oh, there's something special happening here. There's a lot of people. That's a good thing. But then have you ever gone to a supermarket and you can't find a parking spot? All of a sudden, it becomes frustrating. You know, or you find a spot where you've got to squeeze in. Now you're nervous because someone's going to ding your door, right? And so we, we need to fix that in our lower parking lot. Perhaps that means uh, designating some guest parking spots down there along with the handicapped spots. And so things like that we're thinking through. Um, Our service agenda uh, must include the recruitment of a worship leader and a training of more sound and media technician. A te technician. The worship experience, the sound, the media, that's a very big part of their first uh, worship experience impression. Um, I'm your pastor. I lead worship. But we need to pray someone else in to lead worship. Let's, let's pray that in, please. <laughs> uh, and, so, and that'll help the flow of the service as well. 
Um, and so things like that we need to, to be aware of. Our service agenda um, must include, again, a, yeah, a worship leader, uh, the training of sound and media technicians. Uh, we are a multi-generational church. That is a testimony of ours that we have multi-generations here, from senior saints to children to nursery, uh, and that is a testimony. So we need a ministry style that engages all generations, uh, and I think that's important. But one of our core statements is that we honor, or, or is it, we honor our heritage while carrying out our plan, uh, God's plan for us. And so uh, we're a multi-generational church. Our worship experience should engage all the generations. Uh, and, um, and listed under that service agenda is also eliminate distractions. You know, property, properly uh, trained ushers and greeters and hospitality team members, that will help eliminate uh, distractions or keep them to a minimum. Uh, equipment that is up to date and probably ma properly maintained will help this. I can tell you this week, we've been working on that media computer and we're looking into getting a, a, a one that's more up to date because when that com media computer is, is slow or it's not, you know, you know, if something happens, it's a distraction. We can do without it, but initial, when it, when it first blinks or first, it's a distraction. So we want to keep that up to date with all of these things. Uh, and so, and finally, one of the most important parts of any worship experience is prayer. Uh, prayer, and I could add presence to that, you know, God's presence. Bringing people to church without giving them an opportunity to come into God's presence is a waste of time. It's that simple. Corporate prayer times are important. Altar prayer times, coming to this altar and praying, it's vitally important. Trained altar workers and deacons, therefore, are important. So these are some of the things we want to keep in mind. And so these are the five essential functions uh, we put a lot of thought and prayer into that. Didn't these guys do a great job? And so, yeah. So we have a few things now that we want to just leave you with before we go celebrate. Um, much of what you heard here today are things we're already doing. Uh, if you look at that booklet, you take it home, you look at it, you'll see that we are already doing a lot of these things. Uh, but we have uh, organized it and we put it in inside of a system that will help us to evaluate our efficiency and our effectiveness. It'll help us discover unmet needs. It'll help us strengthen the areas where we are weak. It'll help us encourage areas that are strong. Uh, it'll help us lead people on their journey with Christ, right? That's our mission. Uh, it'll help us continue building faith and encouraging people and serving community. That's our vision. And so again, this team has written down the vision that we feel God has given to us, and now it's all up to us as a church to run with it. I gave an illustration just last week about uh, Peter walking on the water. Remember, he got out of the boat, and he was walking on the water, and he begins to sink, uh, and Jesus has to rescue him. Well, would Peter have sunk if the other 11 disciples had gotten out of the boat with him? I don't know. I don't think so. You see, if he started looking all around to see the waves and the, and, and the, and the he, I think the other 11 disciples would have said, keep your eye on Jesus, Peter. It would have been encouraging. And so this cannot be the pastor's job. This cannot be the vision team's job. This cannot be the board's job. This must be all of us willing to step out of the boat and walk on the water. And if we do that, if we're willing to step out in faith, I believe we'll see great things in store, uh, and God will honor those efforts. Amen?
Amen. Well, I'm going to close in prayer. I'm going to ask the the vision team to head back. We have some refrigerator magnets for you that give us the vision and the core values. Um, That's what they look like. Um, You can keep them, put them on your refrigerator, put them into a magnet. I think it's pretty cool. Um, We have some t-shirts, the shirts that we're wearing. If you would like to order these shirts, I think there's uh, different shirts, uh, like a a, a hoodie, uh, different types of t-shirts and long sleeve. Um, I would like to see a polo shirt, to be honest. I think we can manage that if you want uh, different colors. And so if you want to order a shirt, there is a hat that we can get. I know many of you, last time we got hats, were asking, does it come in camo? (laughs) I believe we can get you a camo hat with our church logo on it. Wouldn't that be nice? All right. And so you can do, you know, see that on your way out. And then please join us into the, in the fellowship hall for a celebration meal. All right. We have, uh, we just want to celebrate the fact that God has given us a new vision and he has given us a plan of action and we're believing God for great things here. And we want to celebrate that. Amen. Let's all stand as we close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you've done in our hearts. Uh, our lives, our homes, Lord, the things that you have planned to do. Lord, we want to be a part of a major revival in our community. We want to be a part of a major great awakening that we believe you have planned for this country, God. And so we've asked you to give us revelation, and we believe that you have. We've, we've received vision. We believe we have heard you speak to us, and now help us as we implement that vision, as we implement the plan that you gave us, Lord, because it's not about us. It's about a lost world. It's about a harvest that needs to be reaped, God, and we make ourselves available as workers to work the harvest that you have prepared for us. We thank you for what you're going to do in our midst in the days to come, in the weeks to come, and in the months to come. We thank you for all those who are willing to do what you've called them to do and be a part of this work here. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory and honor. And we ask that you would bless this meal that we're about to have. We thank you for all those who call this place their home church. Uh, We ask your blessing upon the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor James. I hope you enjoyed today's message. My prayer is that you would always experience all that God has for you. New Franklin Assembly exists to advance God's kingdom, to encourage God's people, and to serve our community. If you're in the Chambersburg area, we would love to have you join us for a live service. For more information, please visit our website at www.newfranklinag.org. Thank you. God bless.